Welcome to Expedition Business, where we talk about the highs and lows of our entrepreneurs in their business adventures. My name is Christelle Rosley Fenton. Today we have the immense privilege of talking to Frank Vine, founder of Future Capital. Frank has been a powerhouse banker since he started his career at Barclays Bank in London, UK, way back in 1990. Since then, Frank held senior positions at ABN AMRO and JP Morgan, amongst others. His last corporate position was at APSA, where he was responsible for all business banking in Kenya, Mozambique, Mauritius, Seychelles and Tanzania. Frank, my number one question to you is, if you were in a position like that, why on earth would you want to start your own company? Well, I had left banking before, back in 2004, um, to start a business totally unrelated to, to, to banking. Uh, it was in the logistics. Um, and, and that didn't work out. Um, it was with other shareholders, never worked out. It was, I was only in it for a year and then came back to banking. Um, so... It wasn't until 2016 when I left JP Morgan um, that I decided to 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 get into to business specifically with Future Capital, my company now, because I enjoyed the training aspect of 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 uh, of the whole thing. I always enjoyed training young bankers while I was working as a banker, and uh, I wanted to get into it. and um, And I started Future Capital slow in in getting going. Um, I think I probably underestimated the task ahead to really build it into a, a decent sized business. And um, it was then probably about a year or so after that, a uh, year, year and a half after that, that um, a good friend of mine who was running um, uh, the international division at APSA asked me to come and, and work with him there. And that's how I ended up back at APSA. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I quite enjoyed it. it. It was something different. I was always in investment banking. So to be in the business bank was, was, was quite different for, for me, but it was quite enjoyable. Um, and then, of course, uh, post-COVID, a whole lot of things changed, a um, whole lot of things happened, um, a few tragedies, and um, that made me re-examine, you know, exactly how I want to go forward. And that's when I decided, you know, you, I do love Future Capital. Um, I do love the business. I do love the training side of things. And uh, I decided to give uh, Future Capital uh, another go, learning the lessons of the past. And um, it would—it was in June, January 2022, so just over a year ago, that I restarted Future Capital. Although I, it was a bit of a side hustle while I was at APSA as well, uh, because I had a, a joint venture, which I still have with the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. So I did some training through that. Um, and uh, and then re relaunched Future Capital in uh, just over a year ago again, uh, and and that's what I'm doing now. Well, you've mentioned a tragedy in 2020. Mm. Yeah, it's well, it's um, the the, the, uh, the guy who hired me or uh, is a good friend of mine at APSA International. He unfortunately died of COVID. Um, in 2021, um, the beginning of 2021, and um, 
you know, things obviously took a, a big change. All the plans we had putting place um, for what we wanted to do with the business, um, that all changed. Um, there was a new change of guard, uh, you know, at the top of APSA. And, um, and yeah, it, it's really just, you know, it, it, it didn't, um, for me, it wasn't really the, the business that I had originally joined. And I um, had to think about whether I wanted to stay. And I decided, no, let me, um, let, me, let me give Future Capital another go. Let me go for it again. Wow. And since then, you've, and since then you've been on your own. You haven't regretted yeah. your decision? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and even though that when I first started Future Capital in 2016 and it was a bit of a frustrating year with things not coming together and take going a bit slow, even then when I had to, when I went back to APSA, I, I, I still longed for it, as it were. Um, never regret. I always yearned for it. I, I suppose that's why I kept it as a side hustle even throughout my APSA years. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, when I got back into it, I really put my whole all my energies into it and, and here I am still, yeah. Okay. But it's quite different from corporate world down to Yes, no it an is an entrepreneurial situation. Absolutely. Absolutely, especially when you come from a investment banking scenario where it's lovely bonuses and you know you you get your salary check every month without thinking. Nowadays I have to pay myself and make sure I've got all the cash flows that do it. Um, so, but yeah, I'm building something for the future and um, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. So, uh, but you're right. It is a very, very big uh, uh, difference from, from working in a major bank to running my own little company on my own, uh, working out of WeWork offices. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, it, it's a big change, but I, I, I love it to bits. And you haven't managed to get some of your APSA friends to come and join you? Um, <laughs> uh, no, not yet. I've had um, one of my other banking friends who every now and then would uh, um, do some courses for me on a contracting basis. But no, I have not had any other uh, colleagues of mine to come and join me on a full-time basis. No, <laughs> I, I presume the, the, the banking bonuses are too lucrative to give up. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Frank, but something very interesting in your history is you started out with a degree in biochemistry. How on yes. earth did you end up in the banking space? Look, it's, it's it's quite an interesting story because I mean I um I, I always enjoyed science. Um, I studied my science during secondary school. Um, did my O levels, as you know, in the UK you do O and A levels in um, in science, uh, very science based, and um, it seemed natural to do my A levels in science. Um, I thought, okay, let me go and do a degree in biochemistry. Um, quite seemed quite interesting. Uh, I like the biochemical world. And uh, yeah, and uh, without thinking about a career at all, um, I then um, got a place at University of Essex to study bio, it's actually biological and medicinal chemistry, um, and loved it to bits. But you know, second year at university, you start to think, hang on a minute, I've got a year left here, and then I'm gonna have to start doing some work. And um, I didn't, although I enjoyed studying uh, biochemistry, I couldn't see myself working as a scientist. Um, and, I was, and I was a bit troubled thinking, what am I going to do? Um, so I started looking around and um, 
at the time in the UK, and I think they weren't really worried about which degree you you you, you studied. So if you look at careers in accounting, in banking, in law, even um, you, you don't have to have studied those subjects at a degree level. So, for example, if you look at the former prime minister of of the UK, Margaret Thatcher, she had a degree in chemistry and became a lawyer. I have a friend who graduated with me, who today is a chartered accountant in the UK. So um, I thought, okay, let me go into finance because this would have been, I graduated in 1990, so the late 80s, while I was doing my degree, that was a very exciting time in the UK, in London for the finance industry. I mean, banking was really flying. People were making loads of money, driving Porsches. It was a great, I mean, it's a revolution in banking in the 80s. And I thought, you know, yeah, I'd like, I wouldn't mind some of that, I thought, okay. And um, I interviewed with uh, all the major banks. Um, I told them what I wanted to do. I told them I wanted to go in investment banking. And Barclays is the one who said, look, you know, after my second interview, um, we know you want to go into investment banking. You want to train in the city, which is really the prime area financial part of London. They said, you join us as a graduate trainee. We'll do all your training in the city and you'll get, and I thought, fantastic. Um, and yeah, and I joined them in 1990, which interestingly was actually the time when uh, everything went into reverse and the good times and ended property market, bottom fell out of the property market. And my first job at Barclays in London was being responsible for the uh, liquidation accounts of what is today Canary Wharf. So that whole Canary Wharf area uh, initially went bust. It was a white elephant and uh, Barclays was one of the lenders and I had a responsibility of looking after those accounts. Wow, wow. Lots of training opportunities there for you. Absolutely. It, it, like I said, I joined uh, banking at a very difficult time in the uh, 1990, 1991. Um, so instead of the big bonuses and the good times, it was really down to the basics, understanding what a bank really does and you know how to support your clients, um, how to help your clients through difficult times. Um, so yeah, it actually was a very good, uh, you know, upon reflection, it was a very good way to start my banking career, you know, through during a difficult period. Um, so yeah, seeing what kind of problems clients can encounter and how they can get out of it. Um, so yeah, it was a, a very good learning experience. Frank, something that interests me is you left South Africa when at the age of 12, yeah. I assume with yeah. your parents and not on your own. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But when you decided to come back to South Africa, how did that happen? Look, I I decided to come, I came back in 96. Um, To me, South Africa seemed like an exciting place to be at the time. It was just after 94, uh, things were opening up, sanctions obviously were being removed. Um, And I thought, you know, that's an exciting place to be. And and, and it was always home, uh, you know. Um, I used to come back every couple of years for Christmas as well um, and, um, and and see my family here, et cetera. So um, I thought, you know, this, this could be an exciting place to be. I really, you know, it looks like exciting things are happening. And Barclays at the time um, was reopening in South Africa. Uh, you'll remember, in the, I think, mid-'80s, they sold um, their, their franchise here. Um, and um, they decided to reopen. And I said, well, you know, why don't I go and set up the corporate banking division? 
in in, in Johannesburg, um, and um, and and they agreed, and uh, yeah, and um, and and the rest is history. I thought, yeah, let me go, let me go, and of course, you know, to be out of that London weather and to you know and to wake up to sunny weather every day was actually, <laughs> you know, as a South African, you tend to take that for granted. But trust me, if you've been working and living in London for many years, it was absolutely an amazing thing to wake up in the morning and see sunshine. It's uh, it, it does. <laughs> It, it, it does live the mood and yeah and uh, and stayed ever since yeah did i hear correct that were you the person responsible for bringing barclays back to south africa no no i not not for bringing barclays to where when they had re uh, set up the business here um so essentially it was essentially just a, a trading business um uh, doing foreign exchange, that sort of things. And um, they wanted to expand the business, doing a bit of private banking. And they obviously wanted to expand the business to the corporate uh, side. And um, and I said, well, those are where my skills are. Uh, let me come and help set up the corporate banking business of the bank. Um, and, and that's how that's why I came over to set up the, uh, the, the Barclays corporate banking business. Wow. Yeah. That is super, super impressive. You obviously enjoyed the sunshine when you came back. Do you still enjoy the sunshine? Are you ready to give it up to go back to the UK again? No, no, no not at all. I mean, I, I still love London. Uh, my mother still lives there. I've got a network there, having grown up there. I did my secondary schooling there, university there, first few years of working there. So I, I do have a, a, a connection there, and I do enjoy going back to London if I... If I haven't been to London for 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 a bit, then I started getting a bit of withdrawal symptoms. But I, I still love South Africa with all its problems. Um, I still love it here, and um, I still think we can achieve a hell of a lot. So no, I, I haven't. Maybe my kids um, uh, will 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 go to London. Um, you know, by virtue of the fact of how long I've been there, you know, they're, they're all have British passports, so they can go and, 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 and start there again if they want. You know, as youngsters, London is great. Uh, but for where I am, am in my life, um, South Africa is for me. I, I, I enjoy it very much, and uh, I, I visit London as much as I can. And you still see a future for South Africa? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That, that, that's why I'm still here. And a lot of people say to me, you know, you've got a... UK passport, when you get on the plane and get back, said, no, I think there's a hell of a future here. Um, you know, we, we, we've gone a little bit uh, awry uh, over the last few years, but uh, it's something we can we can definitely, you know, turn around. There's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and, you know, and um, so, and, and I'd like to be part of that. So I'm still very, very happy where I am. And I, I do have confidence, you know, that, that, that things will, will get better. I always said, said to people that, you know, when all this started, that we probably need to, to to hit rock bottom before things change. And I think we're sort of now at that stage. And I think um, the only way here from here on is up. And I, and I do think we can do it. Um, I, I have no doubt about that. You almost sounds like a politician. <laughs> No, very far from a politician. Very, very far from a politician. And I've got no interest in politics whatsoever. Um, I'm just very confident that we, we, we can turn it around um, and, 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 yeah, and build a great country. Uh, I'm confident of that. Okay, so no aspirations for political future, even though Absolutely you want to be none. part of the change? Yeah. Absolutely. No, 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 no. You won't see me running for anything. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that is, I'd like to say it's good to hear. Um, but yeah, let's keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frank, obviously it sounds like things are going really great in your business. But I suppose there are still days when you think, well, is this worth it? Or don't you get any of those negative days? Oh, I get them all the time. Um, uh, I said to someone the other, the other day, um, especially the business that uh, is, you know, that in a way still building up, um, you, you know, you tend to get to uh, in, through a, a cycle, a continuous cycle of feast and famine. Um, you know, there, there, are, there are months where, you know, it just seems to be things are going totally fantastic and the money is flowing in. And there are other months where it's, when it's pretty barren and you think, my God, am I going to survive? Um, is this the right thing to do? So, yeah, so you go through that all the time. Um, and, 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 and you sometimes say to yourself, you know, am I doing it? Is, is there really a business here? Am I doing the right thing? Um, and, um, and then you realize, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of uh, business owners who go through that, right? Um, who go through that moment where things are pretty tight, um, and, uh, and 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 you work through it. You just got to have that persistence uh, to keep going, and and things will come right in 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 the end. So um, yeah, no, I I, I I I do go through those ups and downs. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, um, you, you you get your immense highs where uh, one particular bank up in. Um, you know, speaking the, to them for since last year, um, continuously, continuously calling them, and sending mails, and and they would, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll come back to you, yeah, yeah, we'll come back to you, and then um, out of the blue, they call me and say, hey, you know, this thing we talked about, let's talk, we want to do something major here, and you think, wow, that's a high, that's a high, and then you know, other times you get this, uh, you know, from someone you think you you know you have a nice first meeting and then the second meeting is or the second email is like no nah, forget it we're not interested so uh -huh. <laughs> you have your highs and lows in this business and you just got to you, you gotta you, you gotta be pretty tough about it and, and and not take things personal and and just keep persisting you know and just keep going um that's really what it's all about Mm -hmm. So your biggest challenges, would you say that's all to do with sales, getting the work in? Yeah, I mean, right now, that, that is the biggest challenge to, to, to make sure I get uh, a constant uh, flow of business. Um, it it uh, made me have, I had to relook really at exactly what my, my product offering is. Um, uh, how we should be structured to ensure that I get, uh, you know, uh, a reasonable amount of business flow throughout the year. Um, I'm, I'm sort of getting there now. Um, I've, I've now got an idea of how to position the business to to make sure that I get that. Uh, but yeah, th th that is a challenge to to really build a business with a sustainable level of revenue um, that you can, you know, that you can rely on. Um, not impossible, um, and 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 the thing is not it's, it's not to be uh, too purist about things, and to make sure you can you know you know be flexible enough to make changes where you need to make changes, um, and uh, yeah, and then try and build that like I said that sustainable level of, of income. I'm, I'm sort of on the cusp there now, um, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward for the, to the next few months and for next year 
uh, and uh, where I hope to have a business that really generates uh, revenue sustainably uh, at a good level on a monthly basis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just something that I was wondering is that Generally, I believe in the banking industry, they see training more for soft skills, but you don't do soft skills. Well, um, that's ex- uh, when I said um, you, know, you don't have to be too much of a purist, you have to start changing. Uh, that's exactly what my business is going through. When I started Future Capital, very much technical, right? It was very much technical courses, banking courses. Um, and, and then I had to start uh, broadening my offering. So uh, I am putting together uh, more selection of what you call soft skill courses, uh, potentially buying another company that offers those type of uh, uh, courses as well um, that will add to my to my offering. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, I think this time next year, future capital will be very different from what it, how it started out, um, uh, you know, where it was a pure investment banking type training business. Um, it will be probably, um, yeah, a little of a, a lot of different courses, um, a lot of soft skill courses. And even five years from now, I think future capital as an organization uh, will also be completely different with um, um, not just training, but maybe even to, uh, some tertiary type um, qualifications as well that it will be offering. So, yeah, you, you need to adopt and uh, adapt rather and, and grow uh, your your offering to, to, to really build a sustainable business. I always say to people right now, I'm self-employed. Um, and being self-employed, I think, is you get your, your salary regularly, you've got sick days, you've got paid leave, <laughs> uh, sick leave, and that sort of thing. When you're self-employed, you don't have those. If, you, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. Uh, and what you need to do is, is transition from being self-employed to being a, you know, a, someone who owns a business business that generates sustainable revenue, even if you're not there. And, and that's really where I want to take future capital. It sounds extremely impressive, and especially the part where you are planning to go into tertiary education. But while you were saying that, something that I've heard, and I might be completely wrong, is that there's talk globally of a collapse of a financial system as we know it, and with a massive impact that AI and blockchain and ledgers replacing banks and technocurrencies – are you not scared of that? Do you think it's something that's just? I, I think I, I think throughout, you know, there's always been a doomsday scenario about about banking and uh, the collapse of the financial system, but it never really happens, right? I in my life in banking, we've been through so many crises uh, in banking where people said, "That's it." I mean, I mentioned the crisis in 1990. Um, there was the uh, the subprime crisis in 2007, uh, 2000, you know, uh, 2008. Um, you know, and, and then that was also that's the end of banking. Banking's finished. And then recently, with the collapse of the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and saying, "Ah, oh, that's it. Banking is now. All the banks are gonna. Uh, that's going to be a knock-on effect, and the banks are going to collapse because they're holding uh, government bonds that are worthless in their in their portfolios. And and it has an happened. Um, um, I, I don't think uh, all those factors you mentioned will lead to the collapse in banking. Uh, they'll probably sit somewhere alongside 
banking as we know it. Of course, banking has changed very much from from uh, when I started in 1990. Even throughout the 80s, banking has has, has changed a hell of a lot. Uh, but it's still there that the core of, of what a bank does and you know how a bank operates is still there, and and and, and that will continue. I, I don't see an implosion of banking uh, to be taken over by um, you know. I think AI is a very important factor. It will play an important part in banking, but it, it's all part of the evolution of banking rather than the end of banking. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But just a quick question. When all these storms happen around you, whether it's from outside or inside your company, what is the fun and exciting ways that you use to regroup and refocus and rejuvenate your energy levels? <laughs> or do you just keep on working? <laughs> well, it's 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 all the, the thing you got to do is look at every, uh, especially down moments, as a challenge, right? Uh, that's how I do it anyway. I always think that there's this little devil there who's out there trying to to challenge me to see if I can if I'm going to fold or if I'm going to survive. Um, and 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 then you see it when you see it as a challenge, something to overcome, and and then you put your mind to it. That's how I do it. And, and what I tend to also do, I think, one of the things uh, a lot of people get them into when when, when they face with a problem, whether it's a cash flow problem or whatever, um, they they tend to. And, and I've also been guilty of that. You think of uh, you think way ahead okay you think way ahead um and um and, and all you see is gloom you just look into the abyss and i like to break things down into little bits and pieces and say okay these are the problems. Let's break it down. That part of the problem, I don't need to solve for another month. So let's put that away. What do I need to solve today? What I need to work with today? Um, and literally f- start solving things bit by bit, you know. Um, and and, and if I find that I, when I do that, when I break, it's, all, it's, it's a lot of the time a lot easier to handle than... Um, uh, than looking at the whole problem as a whole and see how do I solve this whole massive problem, um, rather break it down into pieces and solve it bit by bit, um, and and it gets there. You know, you, you can get there. And and also the thing about it is also to to just remember that, that li- literally every problem has a solution. Mm. Yeah, mm. every problem has a solution, and the people who don't find the solution are those that tend to panic um and uh, it's it's like being in a in a room on fire you know the person that panics will see all the closed windows and doors and there's a person that tries to keep calm um reevaluate say you know i need to get out of here that's the person's going to see the one open window or the one open door um and and uh, and, and that's how really what i feel like I, um when you face the problem just sit down and don't get panicked about what this means that, you know, I'm going to lose my business or everything, but just focus on the problem, work the problem. Every problem has a solution of some sort. It almost sounds like you are that person that never panics, always in (laughs) control. I, I, I can't have my panic days. I can't have my panic days. Um, I can't have my, oh, not panic days, but depression days when, um, 
when when I or, or depression times uh, when I feel like oh my gosh you know things are not but when I when I when I when I'm in that scenario um, okay I'll tell you a bit of a secret how how I do it when I'm in that scenario um, I literally can go and sit in a corner somewhere and feel sorry for myself. Um, I feel sorry for myself. I think this is useless and um, I'm finished and what have you. Um, but it's almost like I'm getting all those negative feelings out. And once I've done that, uh, I can literally get up, go to my desk and say, okay, fine, let's deal with this. And whenever, when I look at the problem, I start to solve it. Even when I try to have a negative thought about it, for some reason I can't because I've, I've think, thought of every negative thing uh, and I got it out of my system. And then it's just about, I, I literally go uh, through a few minutes of just, or even an hour of just like, yeah, this is crazy. It'll never work. I'm finished and what have you. And, and it somehow helps me get all the negativity out. Um, and once I have done that, then I can then focus on the problem and, and solve it. Well, it sounds like you always at work or do you have some hobbies? I, I, I do have hobbies. I think it's important to switch off. Um, uh, it's important to switch off. Uh, I, I actually recently started um, flying lessons, would you believe? Wow. Um, yes, yes. I always loved aeroplanes. Um, I loved aeroplanes, loved flying in aeroplanes. And I recently thought, well, if you love it so much, why don't you learn how to fly? Um, and yeah, and, and uh, it's great. And I find when I, you know, when I'm up there, with the instructor, it's just so much focus on the aircraft. What am I doing? Where am I? That, you know, for that hour or so up there, nothing else matters, right? I forget about work. I forget about everything. It's just about me, the aircraft, um, the scenery, and, and, and yeah, and, and, and coming back down safely. <laughs> so it, I, find it, I find it a great release, a great release. I assume you don't have a fear of heights. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be very, very difficult to, to, to fly with a fear of heights. So, so no. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do. I, I do enjoy being up there. I do the whole. I, I do enjoy the whole thing about aviation, um, the science behind it, and then just being up there in an, in an airplane. And uh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's great fun. Well, I'm completely forgetting about everything at work. Completely at... forget because I can't, I can't think about anything. Your mind doesn't allow you to think about oh, who do I need to call? Or okay. no, it's about okay, what's my temperatures and pressures? Okay, what's my altitude? Okay, let me call in and tell other uh, aircraft where I am. Okay, I'm going to head out to that now. Uh, oh, a bit bumpy here. It's just literally that's all I can think about, um, and and that is great. You know, everything, nothing else matters but uh, you and the aircraft and. Coming down safely. I can just imagine you up in the air with a massive smile on your face, having a time <laughs> of your life. Absolutely. I've got a picture of that. I'll send you one. <laughs> okay, great. Then we can post it with this podcast. Yeah. That Absolutely. would be awesome. But you've also got a family at home. You've got children. How old are they now? So my, my daughter's 25, so she's, she's out of the house now. Um, she's 25. Um, 
and it's interestingly, my ex-wife and I, we're both academics. She's a lawyer. I'm a banker. She loves music. Um, so she studied music and uh, she's now a music teacher at her old school and she loves it to bits. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, at, at Rodine and she, and she, she loves it to bits. Uh, my son, um, he loves photography. He, he loves photography, he loves the arts. Uh, so it's really weird how both our children are very artistic and, and not very academic <laughs> at all. <laughs> and he's 21 um, and still trying to decide how he wants to do what he wants to do. So, uh, okay. but he's, he's, he's still young. He's still young. He's got time for that. 21 is extremely young. But yeah, it's yeah. completely different from uh, where you come from. And Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a different world, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking, if what? What are you going to do with that? Where are you going to earn the money with that? Um, but yeah, so it's a different world. Frank, if you could be your 20-year-old self again and change yeah. anything, what would it be? Ooh, um, I'd probably get into business sooner uh, I, I i really and I, and I tell my kids now if you want to get into business try and do it earlier rather than later um bearing in mind that if, if i got into business earlier i wouldn't be doing future capital because the, the reason why i'm doing future capital is because of the experience um i gained in my career over the years uh but i i would i, I would probably want to get into business earlier um, and, and make all the mistakes uh, um, at an at a earlier stage when I've got very little or no responsibilities. Um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's probably what I would do. I'd want to get into business earlier. Making mistakes earlier, what would, would be there something specific? Yeah, you know, getting into the wrong business like I did with our, my logistics business was the wrong business to get into. Um, and, and you make that mistake, and I made it a, uh, that mistake at a time when I still had a young family, school fees, uh, and it was difficult, right? Um, um, and you, you, it created real worry, and, um, and you had to rush back into banking, uh, to make sure that uh, you know my, my family doesn't suffer unduly because of it. So um, yeah, I, I probably would, uh, would 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 so that's a, so from that perspective, yeah, I would like to do that type of thing more. Um, if you if you start earlier when you don't have those responsibilities, you, you can make that those mistakes. Like I said to my son, if you want to start a photography business or whatever, you do it now. Start it. Make your mistakes. You know, if you lose money or things don't work out, you can always recover. Um, you don't have school fees to worry about, um, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I would start it earlier. That's probably what I wish okay. <laughs> I had my time again. Anything else that you want to change? Um, no, I, I've been pretty happy with uh, with with with, with um, how things have turned out. Um, I wouldn't change what I've studied. Um, I love being a scientist. Um, uh, I, I still enjoy science. From night, uh, you know, you know, I always read science journals, etc. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I've got that part of me. Um, I love business. I love finance. Um, so uh, I don't regret getting into that at all. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, even the businesses that I've been in that that failed, I don't regret it. Um, 
yeah, if I could turn the clock back, I would do things differently, of course, but that's with the benefit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, but learned a lot of lessons from that and uh, won't, mis- you know, won't make those mistakes again. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, life is a learning process and you can never regret what you've done. Um, and uh, as long as you learn from it and, 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 and move, move forward from that, I think that's, that, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and you should never regret what you've done. Um, I want to unduly change your life. You know, that's, that, you know, that, that, that's how it works. We all, there's a lot of things we can change with the hindsight of, you know, with the 2020 hindsight, but uh-huh. uh, we, we don't have it. No. Um, you know, and uh, so so just learn from what you whatever mistakes you've made, and uh, you know, see it as part of what, what makes you as a person as you are today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, that, that's really what it's about. Very, very wise words. Mm-hmm. I think we can do a quote on that. <laughs> exactly. Did I hear you correctly that you read science journals? Is this for fun? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I read science journals. I'm still very much interested in science. I read science journals. Um, I read uh, the science sections of, 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 of newspapers and, uh, and, and magazines. Um, I love the universe. Um, I can tell you anything you want to know about black holes and quasars and and everything else um uh yeah i i definitely i i I, i'm I'm very much a scientist at heart i am impressed and yes that's definitely (laughs) not the topic that i'm gonna ask you out (laughs) but speaking of reading what would be your number one book that you can suggest for people who want to go in business and want to be motivated? Um, I uh, whenever I give my training, it, it depends obviously on what you you know what you want to get out of it. But I probably have a couple of books that I would suggest to people. Um, my favorite book, of course, is Barbarians at the Gate. Um, it's out of the eighties, it's a book that. Uh, chronicles the uh, hostile takeover of RJR Nabisco, which at the time was the biggest uh, company uh, in, in the US. And it's a great book because how it's written and also some of the technicalities about M&A transactions that come out of that. So um, from a technical point of view, to me, that's a, a great sort of, so, sort of book to read. Um, from a more... Uh, inspirational type of um, scenario. I think uh, I love Richard Branson. I love his story. Um, He wrote, I think his first book was Losing My Virginity, which I think is a great book for anyone to read uh, in terms of which chronicles his whole journey to where he was, some of the problems he had. um, uh, And I still use that sometimes, um, a case study of how he built up Virgin Atlantic into what it is. I mean, uh, it's like totally breaking all the rules of business. I mean, he started an airline on which at the time, probably still today, the the busiest uh, air route in the world, which is London, New York. Um, And he started an airline on that route with one aircraft. Now you can just 
imagine. I mean, anyone went goes to a funder and say, "Listen, I'm going to start uh, airline London New York with one airplane competing with British Airways, United Airlines, Continental, Pan Am at the time." Um, they told you, they would tell you, they were totally crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he did it, and he focused on getting the culture and the offering right. Um, and to, to me, um, you know, and then that book sort of chronicles a lot of that, some of the problems he had with British Airways, um, the pain of having to sell his music company to fund his airline. Yeah. That, to me, is a, is a great book for, for any aspiring uh, business person to, 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 get, to get some inspiration from. Yeah, I can um, vouch for that one. But I must say, when you were talking about your aviation hobby and mm. seeing yeah. you flying, I was sort of picturing you with Richard Branson up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe I should give him a call and see if he wants to come and fly with me. <laughs> He's crazy enough. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if he hangs from your plane. Yeah, exactly. You probably yeah, you want to do something as crazy as that, I'm sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's also sorry, he's, I was gonna add, he's, and he's also a guy who's been who's had successes and failures, right? Mm. Um and, and never let uh, any of them define him. So yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Definitely a role model on successes yeah. but also on failures. Very, very yes, true. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Frank your metaphorical mountain that you still want to climb in the next three to five years, what would that be? Um, I really uh, would like to, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I got into business probably very, very late. I mean, I'm in my 50s now. Um, and I really would like to, next five years, is the focus for me is to build future capital into a fantastic training organization, um, a company that provides vocational and tertiary training, um, maybe even listed. Um, you know, uh, th- that really is something that I would like to do. Uh, that's where I would like to see future capital in five years. That, you know, that to me would be a, a great way to, to, to go into my latter stages of life. Okay. Although you say you mention that you're in your 50s as if that is old, is that not when life only starts? <laughs> well, it certainly does for me. <laughs> um, you know, uh, in a way, it's just, it certainly does for me. I'm uh, starting a whole new career. I started flying. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. That, 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 that's when life begins. Uh-huh. So. Spoken yeah. by somebody that's also in her fifties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. So, absolutely, it's it's when a, a new chapter, a new life begins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Oh, I am so glad to hear. What would be your number one quote? To my number to... one quote. Mm. To give to As, um, aspiring entrepreneurs, existing entrepreneurs that need some inspiration. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, it's more like stories than rather than quotes. But um, yeah, um, it's, it's really about, I would say, don't be, don't be afraid to fail. Mm. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. 
Um, that really is because when when you get into uh, there's very few entrepreneurs who build successful businesses without failing at some point. Um, and, and you always need to fail to be able to understand what it needs, what you need to succeed. Um, so, so don't be, yeah, don't be afraid to fail. Um, and um, and probably the other one I would say, um, uh, don't wake up one day wishing you'd taken more risk. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay, and we can quote you on that. I see the you quote, quote that, that our next daily motivational quote going out. <laughs> Don't be afraid to fail. Don't yeah. be afraid to take risks. Absolutely. Maybe Absolutely. we should start an awards <laughs> program for the biggest business failures. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um and see how, yeah, how people have come through on the other side. Yeah, yep. Because, yeah, I think um, you are completely correct. We are so used to just looking at the successes and yeah, um, exactly. hailing the successes and not mm. the failures, the fact that somebody absolutely. did try. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Do you think there's a lot of your colleagues still in the corporate banking industry that? are dying to start their own businesses? Look, I, I think there are uh, very many, because um, I do run into them from now and again, and, and you talk about what you're doing, and you can see them light up as something they would want to do, um, but probably will never do. And, and those are the people one day who wake up and say, I wish I'd taken more risk, I think. Um, and I think that's a sad scenario when when, when you... When you when you think this is something you'd like to do, but you are, um, you know, you, you let life get in the way, as it were, and and you're afraid to 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 to, to make that leap, um, and uh, and and um, in and yeah, and, and and I can understand that it's very comfortable being in the corporate structure, but if you don't follow your dreams, you don't follow your heart, um, you are going to wake up one day saying, you know, I wish I'd taken more risk. Um, what are we on this earth for, right? Then to live it to the fullest. Um, that, that's how I see it. Absolutely. Well, but I think the positive side to this is you were not afraid to follow your heart and you have started yeah. your business that is going really, really well and will be listed. Um, are you going to list on the Joburg Stock Exchange or will it be an international exchange? No, I don't, I'll probably, you know, for when I get there, I'll, I'll list it on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange and, uh, yeah, and take it from there. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 I, and I like the way you say it. Like, uh, and, and I, you didn't put the word hopefully there. You said you will do this. And you, and I think that's how you got to think about things, right? You, you will do it. Because once it becomes, once you think of it that way, then it's just a, sort of a natural thing that will happen. Mm -hmm. Not something you aspire to. And hopefully, if I'm lucky, hopefully if things go well. But if you say, yeah. This is what you're gonna do. So you're gonna. So yeah, good thing. Good, good thing you said. You said it in the way you did. It's like... Well, I'm <laughs> glad you appreciate that. I think it is extremely important 
when you are in business to not focus on whether you're going to do it or not, but what yeah, will be absolutely. your choices? Will it be Johannesburg? Absolutely. Will it be the London Stock Exchange? Exactly. Exactly. Will, will it be exactly. in three years' time or will it be in five years' time? Exactly. Exactly. But so, it will happen. It will. Yeah. I can imagine it. And we will <laughs> keep a very, very close eye on you, Frank. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I know you are extremely busy. And yes, you need to prepare for that listing on the stock exchange. So um, <laughs> we do appreciate your time. Yeah. No, thank you very much, Chriselle, and thank you very much for the for the opportunity. It's been great talking to you. Fantastic.